0: Cultural awareness is getting a lot of headlines, especially for people who lack it. We're going to explore why it's so important and how to cultivate it in you and your team. All that and more in a few seconds on the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills Podcast, Episode 50. If you are uh, joining us again, thank you for spending some time with us. If you're new, here's the skinny. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me, as always, is Bob Graham. We research and share discoveries about soft skills in our academic research, this podcast, our award-seeking book, The 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success, which by chance, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, lots of other online booksellers, and, of course, our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com. Grab your copy today. But this week, we're going to be talking about being culturally aware, which is soft skill number 19 on our list of 55 soft skills. We always talk about being culturally aware and cultural sensitivity, but we really don't talk about why, why it's a big issue right now. Well, here's why. Uh, We are dealing with so much diversity right now in our work environment, whether that's our actual work group, our organization, our supplier base, our customer base is, is just rich with diversity. And recognizing that diversity is really having an impact on our ability to perform well, to be innovative, to really meet our customers' needs. So, um, In the midst of all that, then, is this diversity of, uh, while culture is a very uh, high-level term, we've got age diversity with uh, many different generations in the workforce right now. We have economic diversity. We have social diversity. We have uh, ethnic diversity. So there's so many different elements, and without having that uh, sensitivity to it, uh, we really put ourselves at risk of missing out on opportunities and also putting ourselves into a life ability situation. So Bob, uh, uh, can you dig in a little bit more for us on why uh, this cultural sensitivity, cultural awareness is so important?
1: Sure. I wanted to add to your list. First off, Toby, we also have political uh, diversity, as you're probably well aware. We have religious diversity. And then we have what I would call lifestyle diversity, which is where people are making choices about their lifestyle that are different than what other people are doing. And all these things together make us uniquely who we are, but also run the risk of causing us to bump up against other people who might look at the world in different ways and have different beliefs, attitudes, or knowledge, and all those things run into trouble. You, You might say something that seems completely innocuous that to the people that you were having coffee with at breakfast sounds perfect, but to someone in your workplace, it might sound like it's a problem. It might be jarring to them. It might be upsetting to them. It might challenge one of their beliefs. And we, we tend to make these statements sometimes without knowing we're causing trouble, and the results can be widespread and long-term. So that's one of the big issues we really face. And we also have a, a difficulty—well, let's just take one example. How about computers, Toby? And we all know that computers are a real part of the workplace these days, but— Think of the person who's near the end of their career, so someone in their early 60s, mid-60s. They haven't had the exposure to computers that someone who is 22 who might take over that job for the person has. So you have friction right there and something, just a tool that we use at work, whereas someone might say, why didn't you call me? The other person would say, why didn't you get my text message? So we have that, that constant bubbling up of how we see the world and how other people see the world. And unfortunately, we don't have on our shirts all of our different viewpoints so that you can check off and go, oh, don't say this, don't say that. So in most cases, it's better to say nothing at all or to solicit someone's feedback on a situation and try to understand their cultural situation as best you can.
0: Right. And I think that touches on that issue of, uh, I think, uh, one, the lost opportunity if we're not aware of the different needs, the different perspectives that we might miss out on an opportunity. And if we so that's if we completely avoid anything contentious or any discussions. But then if we dive in blindly, we run the risk of violating the trust and the respect of our customers, our suppliers and our coworkers. So this uh, cultural uh, awareness kind of throws us in both sides are dangerous and we really need to to grapple with it and and, uh, bring it together.
1: And, and, and be aware of it. I think that's the thing that for most people, they're not even aware of things that might cause someone trouble. You know, just uh, I was at a luncheon a couple weeks ago and someone was vegan, so their food came late. And someone else said, I, I can't believe anyone wouldn't eat meat and potatoes and it seems like a really innocuous comment just one of those throwaway comments that we probably all made lord knows i've made my share of throwaway comments but to the person that heard that comment who's vegan it pointed out a difference and you could just see on that person's face that they felt like they were an outsider suddenly and i think that's the problem when we aren't culturally aware we tend to either feel or put people in a place of being an outsider not an insider and when you're an outsider you start to question things that probably wouldn't be questioned if you were an insider. Does that make sense to you, Toby?
0: It does. It does. And I've, I've seen some of the positive transition in this, in how we uh, deal with our workplace. We see some changes in how the facilities are laid out. Uh, and and back to your... Uh, we always... Keep uh kind of pull on food references and uh I, I know when we have uh lunch brought in there's uh now there's a an immediate hey is there any are there any special needs of um uh diet restrictions or anything else so it's becoming uh, thankfully for our organization uh, that I'm currently working in that that we think of that right off the bat it's like hey is there anything special we need to do do we have everybody covered because we don't want anyone to feel left out and it's like, ah, that's where, you know, we're heading the right direction now just to really be able to recognize the differences and make sure that we're making appropriate accommodations for uh, anything that's outside the, the mainstream. And, and my hope is that, that our mainstream uh, years ago was very narrow, and uh, what I'm seeing is that our mainstream is becoming much wider, and that mainstream is encompassing more and more people. And I, I think that's where we really want to be.
1: And it also creates opportunities, because as we look at the world more broadly and see perspectives that are different than our own on things that we thought we understood or believed, it makes us better able to understand the bigger world, which, of course, goes back to our ability to solve problems. If we see that our view of the world isn't the only view, that by its very nature opens our possibilities to other perspectives, which genuinely or eventually leads to better solutions.
0: Definitely. Bob, what, what, a, what a challenging topic we dove into today. Uh, I know we address it uh, specifically in our, in our book, but let's take a break right now. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Does your organization or team need help in putting soft skills to work? We want to help you. We do our webinars and workshops online, on the phone, and in person to help teams become more successful. If you or someone you know could use our help, contact us at podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com today, or you can call us at 937-SKILLS-5.
1: Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Welcome back to Serious Soft Skills Podcast. We've been talking about cultural awareness, why it's so important and how it's so uh, important, I guess, in this day and age more than ever because we have such a diversity of people in our workforces. And we probably see it if you look around the office where you're working at or look at the people you interact with during the day. It really truly is a melting pot in this country in a way that it, it seemed 30 years ago like it was a melting pot in some ways, but now you just have so many different beliefs, perspectives, viewpoints, not just ethnicities now. And I think that makes things more challenging and also more interesting, frankly. Toby, you had some suggestions for how we can be more culturally aware and sensitive to cultural differences.
0: Well, I think this is one of those that builds off of uh, uh, and, and is a A great evolutionary change to just emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence started us out saying, hey, um, how we view, how we interact with our coworkers is really important. That was the Goldman work back in the 90s. And um, I think we're really seeing that come to a maturity standpoint where we've, we've focused it down and saying, well, that's part of cultural awareness. So one is that employees who are culturally aware avoid saying and doing things that will marginalize one or more individuals. Um, we have to be sensitive, and, and there's a balance in that of we don't want to go around being silent, but at the same time, we want to realize that uh, our perspectives aren't the only ones and that there are other ideas and beliefs and uh, uh, experiences out there that we need to uh, kind of bring into play.
1: And Toby, there can be a really simple example of this that I heard about two years ago. I worked with someone who supported a sports team that was outside the area, and he was ridiculed for it, and it was ridiculed to the people who were giving him a hard time. But it was hurting him internally because he felt like an outlier whenever the topic came up. And they were relentless. And it's, we, we pick sports teams and you say, well, that's not really your beliefs. But we do associate some things with sports teams. And something as simple as saying to someone, I can't believe you support that sports team or that you like hockey or tennis or some other sport can really cause people to feel different.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you've brought us that term before, marginalized, to, to take them out of the group and push them out to the edges. Wow, that really hurts, Bob, because we're we're a Maryland-based company. So, geez, it is tough, though, because I think there, we have to have so – there's, there's an exception when it comes to Ravens fans versus Steelers fans, just at the core of things. That I'm not sure if that's something that we really need to uh, to resolve because it's just, <laughs> it's just right.
1: Okay. But anyway. Right. That was Toby, not me. Certainly, we
0: have an individual contribution on this, but we also have an organizational uh, contribution and organizations uh, are the sum of their individuals uh, but we do have a responsibility an organization to I believe set the tone and say, you know we are going to uh, recognize people's differences we're going to leverage those differences we're going to uh, revel and enjoy and 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 accept those differences. Uh, and from an organizational point, that's really important because it creates that, that environment where people are comfortable to be themselves, to bring their ideas to the table, to bring their experiences, to bring their uh, differences in ways that can really have a positive impact on our organization. Part of that, though, let's go back to more to the individual because it's where often we have the biggest chance to have uh, impact is that self-reflection piece. And uh, we've talked about self-reflection as a tool in developing uh, soft skills to strengthening soft skills. So that's certainly a part of it is to take the time to uh, evaluate your own and and know who you are, where your background is, where you fall in many categories. Uh, But then also identify people in your circle who would have different experiences, different perspectives on those same items. And to really challenge yourself with, Am I specifically and intentionally reaching out to them to get their ideas or do I always go to the people that are just like me to have my ideas vetted? Because chances are if I'm going to be going to the people that are much more like me, I'm going to get affirmation on what I'm doing and that affirmation might not really uh, critically evaluate my ideas and bring in some really good insights that could change things. I'm Bob, I'll share with you, I was uh, putting together an online course this morning, and uh, I put together a little framework or a little model to use in evaluating a a case situation. And uh, as I was thinking through it, I I have asked my online students to share some of their background and experience so we'd understand the context of some of their discussion Responses, and so I was putting together that framework, and and I really was intentional in saying, look, this is a framework based on my experience in the industries that I've worked in, but I know that several of the students you you have you come from different countries, you work in different industries, and and so we want to take this framework that I propose, and I really want you to dissect it. I want you to look at it and see what's missing, and and what needs to be, used uh, ter- use different terms to describe it, because I think by collectively bringing our different experiences to bear, I've given you a starter model that as we work through it together, we're going to have a much better model at the end of the week if people feel comfortable uh, sharing their perspectives, bringing their different experiences, they feel like their experiences are valued and uh, can contribute to to the discussion. And if that's the case, we could end up with a much better model at the end of the week than I have right now. And if my organization is not open to that diversity, then everybody's going to go, yeah, that sounds fine. And we're going to have the exact same model at the end of the week that I have right now. And it's not potentially going to be as good as it can be because, you know, I think all of us together are much smarter than myself alone. So I'm anxious to see that play out this week.
1: And Toby, I think you did a great job of giving us an example of how to introduce differences without making them the highlight and saying, I know some of you people are different and I want you to tell me what's different about your experience, but you invited them to discuss a topic around which different perspectives could be brought together, which is a safer way to do it than saying, okay, who in this room is a Republican? Who in this room is a Democrat? Who in this per- room is an independent? That's, that tends to be what gets into trouble when you're much more overt about it. But your approach was broader, and it really – I felt like I could contribute to that no matter what my perspective was, that you genuinely wanted to know what a perspective is that might be different than your own.
0: Right. And uh, so I think we have that self-reflection and that self-evaluation. And I think the other side, and we've mentioned this too as a tool for growing our uh, soft skills, is the mentoring situation. And I would encourage folks, if there's a particular um, difference, a demographic area, whether that's socioeconomic, whether that's educational, whether that's um, country-based or religion-based, is that you... Develop a a uh, an environment where you can go to people intentionally outside of your core identification group and get their insights specific and say, hey, I understand we come from different backgrounds and I'd really like to help understand and really dialogue and talk through how each of us look at this differently and it, and it takes a a a lot of trust to start into that conversation, but it also takes some uh, intentionality and, and really perseverance to say, hey, I don't want you to just, as I'm doing with my online course, you know, throw out some ideas on the discussion board, but really let's dialogue through it. Tell me how you see this. Hold it. I need to ask, why do you see it that way? I'm And, and it takes that conversation to really understand that perspective.
1: The, the other and thing, oh, I'm sorry, Toby, go ahead.
0: No, no, I just uh, I wanted to clarify that that would be, you know, what I would see as a mentoring or a person-to-person relationship, where it's not necessarily the one person is this expert, but certainly you may have people in your circles that that uh, you've noticed could uh, just phrase things correctly that are open to people. And you may want to talk to them and say, hey, I can see that you are really culturally aware. You you bring people together. How do you do that? But we also can even learn from our peers who, who come from, different backgrounds that we can uh, kind of delve deeper together.
1: And the other thing I would add, Toby, and we see this uh, when we really look at it, we are much more similar at our core than different. And we tend to focus on our differences among each other. But really, a lot of us are very much the same in a lot of ways. We're all flesh and blood and we're all living on the same earth. The differences are really minor. And I think sometimes we over emphasize differences when really we should be focused more on similarities. When you start to look at similarities, I find that you can really find common ground with almost anyone
0: that's great bob i think we've, i hope we've gotten some ideas out there for folks to to uh try out um and again i i think this is a topic that uh uh brings uh, some emotional responses sometimes so uh, i'd love to hear people's experiences and and uh, areas where they've succeeded and failed at this and and it can help us all learn from that so feel, please share those at our uh, uh, Bob, what's the best way? Is it podcasts? podcast
1: at serioussoftskills dot com? That's podcast at serioussoftskills dot com. If you like email, or if you like Twitter, you can go to Real Soft Skills and tweet us.
0: Perfect, perfect. So that's it for this episode of Serious Soft Skills Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, tell someone else and/or review us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. That helps spread the word. Next week we'll be celebrating our first anniversary, Woo-hoo! podcast number fifty-two. Woo hoo! Surprises and fun, I am sure. That episode will be out next Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening. Good day, and as always, good soft skills. You've been listening to Series Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Series Soft Skills every Wednesday.